0: Welcome to the Matt Report, the number one WordPress business podcast. This isn't geek speak, it's about the journey of success and failure as a WordPress entrepreneur. Get ready, you're just an episode away from your next Uh aha
1: experience
0: or big idea. And now your host,
1: Matt. Hey, everybody. Welcome uh, back to the Report special episode today with Paul Mayorana, Platform Services uh, uh, VP of VIP and WordPress and Automatic and all that fun stuff. Uh, Joining the program today, um, slightly different conversation, what it's like to deal uh, and work uh, in sort of this enterprise, big brand a uh, big media business um, that VIP uh, and WordPress.com are catering to, uh, as far as high traffic sites and real super custom solutions. So, Paul's going to share his side uh, in his day to day, how he deals with these clients, and actually sharing some great valuable information on how that translates to even our, you know, smaller mom and pop shops or even small to medium sized projects that we're working with. And he's going to give us some advice for those Airport Pro members um, on how to position yourself uh, to sell these bigger contracts, how to negotiate these contracts, uh, how to charge a little bit more uh, or a lot more. uh, As you'll find, the average deal uh, for a VIP client is usually around the 100K mark. Um, so if that's where, you're, that's where you're aiming your sights, um, this is a, a great episode for that. Uh, as always, appreciate the five-star reviews on iTunes. Uh, thank you very much. If you can keep doing that, uh, or if you haven't yet, please uh, hop on over to iTunes and hit the old five-star review. I would love it. Uh, share this with your friends. Know somebody else who's uh, running an agency or WordPress shop or building a WordPress plugin, anything like that. Go ahead and tell them about MattReport.com, and then MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Um, without further ado, let's talk to Paul. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report. As always, super awesome guest today uh, joining us, and from none other than WordPress VIP Automatic, the gods that be <laughs> well above us uh, in the sky, uh, Paul Majorana. Paul, welcome to the show.
0: Howdy. Thanks for having me.
1: So, uh, I've done three interviews back-to-back-to-back to back to back today, and uh, I am an A-plus journalist and A-plus a+ interviewer, and of course, I forgot to ask you before the interview, how do I introduce you? What, what is your actual title? Um, is it VP of product service, uh, Platform Services for Automatic and WordPress? Help folks understand what you do.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, I'm the uh, Vice President of Platform Services at Automatic. Um, I mostly spend my time uh, working on partnerships, and sales, and sort of evangelizing for WordPress uh, as part of our WordPress.com VIP program, uh, which for folks who don't know is sort of the enterprise arm of WordPress. We have a bunch of, uh, sorry, of of Automatic, we have a bunch of web products and services that we run under the umbrella of Automatic, WordPress.com, Kismet, Vault Press, CloudUp, Node, WholeDaddy, tons of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and through WordPress.com VIP, we really work with large brands and enterprises and media companies to help them with their WordPress websites.
1: Nice. Um, I definitely want to get into that. I definitely want to start talking about sort of that enterprise uh, client. Um, but how did you get your, your feet wet with WordPress? How did you all come about it?
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I don't actually remember the specific version that I first started using. Uh, it was 2.0 era, I think. Uh, and uh, it's actually kind of a funny story. So before I joined Automatic three years ago, I was uh, the chief Technology officer of Fast Company and Inc magazines. And uh, around maybe around 2008 or so, uh, Robert Scoble, who I think probably everybody knows is a very popular technology blogger, uh, actually joined the, the staff at Fast Company, and as part of that we uh, hosted his WordPress blog with the uh, VIP team here at Automatic. So that's how I really uh, first became aware of VIP. I was aware of, of Automatic certainly before that, but uh, uh, you know, was actually a VIP customer at one point, which was fun. Nice. Um, so uh, that was the, the, I, through that process of working with Robert and, uh, and running his blog on VIP is really when it started to get a better sense of all the capabilities of WordPress as a platform. Uh, prior to that, my experience, it was really sort of poking and prodding at it and spinning up a few small websites with it, but uh, nothing really beyond a personal blog. Mm. Uh,
1: what was Fast Company running on back then as far as the technology? I know it was Robert's blog that you moved over, but just so folks get an idea.
0: Sure, yeah. Fast Company was uh, <clears throat> An early, one of the early uh, big-ish Drupal sites. So I don't know if we had quite launched on Drupal at the point we were working with uh, with Robert, but we were, we were probably launched on Drupal around the same time, if not, you know, a few months later.
1: Mm. Um, being the CTO, I'll put you on the hot seat, were you the one, <laughs> were you the one that uh, sort of spearheaded the Drupal initiative and decided to go with that technology? I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: why, why did you do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. So uh, Fast Company at the time was a very different, uh, or what what we were planning on launching on Drupal was a very different um, iteration than what you see now and what you would expect from most magazine websites. It was really relaunched as a hybrid publishing uh, website uh, and a um, sort of a social networking community around many of the topics that Fast Company writes around, technology and design mostly. Uh, and and the intersection of those ideas and and business, uh, so this is you know pre Press predates many of the community social features that now you know all of us sort of take for granted in the WordPress world. Uh, they just didn't exist at the time. So uh, and you know I have. Plenty to say about the decision to use Drupal <laughs> it was, you know, a, a great lesson learned there. Uh, but at the time, there were not really great uh, community sort of open source solutions available uh, right. that, uh, that we had to pick from in Drupal. Uh, you know, it was probably even still early days for Drupal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, I mean, five years ago is an eternity, right, in this technology, and it, that was when uh, WordPress was half of its age, <laughs> as exactly. it is now. Exactly. Um, and I do remember back in 2008, most folks who, who listen to the show know that I was, I was in Drupal at that same exact time, which was probably... Just getting probably, I'd say the midlife of Drupal five. I'd imagine um, going into Drupal six. And That's
0: right. Yeah, we launched I think about a month before Drupal six came out. Maybe yeah. a couple months before that.
1: Yeah. yeah, and and I remember Drupal. I remember my first like open source meetup was DrupalCon in Boston, um, and it was an amazing event, right? Because it was like the first time I had ever gone to an, like an open source community, like where you literally saw people lining the hallways. Um, sure. Of uh, you know coding and, and and helping each other it wasn't like your typical business expo or blog world or something like that um so fair to say that was probably the best choice at the time looking back uh you know five years ago or thereabouts um you know where where have you seen wordpress mature uh to now solve sort of these big media site needs um sure know, what, what's your take on that
0: yeah I think you know we all know that WordPress is uh pretty malleable in terms of the you know content that you're looking to capture in terms of the functionality you're looking to introduce it's very extensible I think you know still a lot of people maybe have a perception that it's just a blogging platform uh I think the big difference uh or really the 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 core feature that uh separates a blogging platform and a CMS, in my mind, it's really custom fields and custom post types. Uh, You know, a blogging platform obviously tells you that your content is a very specific set of fields and structured data, uh, where a CMS, at least in my mind, again, implies that it's much more open, you can capture any type of content that you want within the system, uh, and you're not boxed in trying to shoehorn data into fields where maybe it shouldn't be. Uh, so that, I think that was the big step forward in my mind of WordPress really going from a blogging tool to, uh, a CMS was really embracing custom fields and custom post types.
1: Mm, Yeah, definitely. Um, you, when you look at, you know, sort of the, the enterprise space and sort of either the enterprise and big media, well, let me put it this way, because this is actually a question that, um. That uh, I'm actually not—that I'm not interested in any of these answers, but I'm particularly <laughs> interested uh, in this one. Do you look at does your sales team look at enterprise enterprise solutions different than big media solutions like a fast company like a CBS or something like that, a TechCrunch? Um, are those two spaces totally different or are they fairly similar?
0: Yeah, I think the the needs definitely overlap, but uh, you know we have. Plenty of media and publishing customers who have uh, needs that are are completely separate than, say, somebody who's running their corporate homepage on WordPress or an intranet, or you know, just a, an entirely different use case. Mm. Um, it's just it gets very edge casey in media and publishing, and probably these other verticals as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, th- you know, there there are core concerns around scaling, around integration with other back-end systems, uh, security, of course. Uh, the size of the the community and the ecosystem that they're buying into is also a big part of all of that. That that we hear from our enterprise customers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've they've felt burned by maybe building their own CMS and just the having to shoulder the burden of of, of just running that platform and not having, you know, other people to like uh, just a pool of developers to recruit from or just leveraging. The the work that a community or some other company is doing for them, right? If you're building your own CMS, that's all on you to to iterate on that. Mm. Um, so those are a lot of the things that I think are just core to any large organization adopting uh, a platform like WordPress. Right. Uh, but certainly they have their own unique needs, and you know that's what's interesting about WordPress is that uh, it doesn't out of the box attempt to be all things to all people, but through plugins and and things, custom themes and all of that, uh, you can you know, you know, you you can
1: have your cake and eat it too. I guess. Yeah, um, we we sort of joked about uh, we being uh, my cast on uh, another show that I do, Week in WordPress, a couple weeks ago, sort of when all the uh, healthcare.gov stuff <laughs> came out <Sure>. uh, to <laughs> fruition, and and I think there were a few articles that went around in our space, like they should have just built it on WordPress, you know, as right. if it were that easy, right, <laughs> to do something like that. But there's a little piece of you, you know, waking up in the morning and seeing that seeing that news. Say you know what, uh, you guys really should have considered <laughs> doing something like this on WordPress, and maybe not obviously tying in all of that, all of that technology, but using WordPress as a home base to kind of connect all this stuff. Is that a fair assessment, or does WordPress say, "Okay, we're not not really ready for that for that game yet"?
0: You know, it's funny. There have been uh, my my colleague Peter was part of. Uh, he was interviewed as as part of. I think there was there was one story that. Uh, generated a, a particular amount of uh, of buzz around wordpress and the, the healthcare uh, issues and um, and you know i think the point that that peter was trying to make and which i'll echo here is that you know there are uh, you know open source should have been considered right and that 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 there are benefits to having looked at any of these platforms that are out there rolling your own may not have been the best solution. It's hard to say, right? Many of the state exchanges are running on WordPress and have done a good job of doing of, of using the software. Uh, would WordPress have helped for healthcare.gov? You know, I don't know. There are thousands of, like, armchair technologists here who have weighed in with their own opinions, and none of us are close enough to really say, but uh, but I do think that, um, you know, we all see the benefits of open source every day and, and leveraging the community and... Uh, and, you know, I think it's just sad that, that they didn't tap into something like that.
1: Yeah. And,
0: uh, you know, I think the, the results would have been a lot better.
1: Yeah. Um, a few months back, maybe a, I think it was before the summertime I had, I had pinged you about a, a potential client that I was working with, uh, fortune 50 and financial space. <clears throat> and they were, um, you know, considering this new rollout of this new uh, website, which was going to turn into a web app, so on and so forth. Um, but I was, you know, in touch with their it guy and, I, I was talking to him and telling him about sort of the stuff we do with WordPress and, you know, the things that we could scale it to with uh, solutions like VIP and so on. Uh, and he basically said, you know what, Matt, I, I can't even bring this up at the meeting. Like, if I say WordPress, I'll, I, they might even fire me <laughs> for, for saying the word WordPress. I, I'm like, I don't understand why. Like, here's all the, you know, here's the accolades. Here's the 20% of the Internet. Here's uh, the projects that are hosted and, and built on VIP like this is i don't know yeah to me i'm like i don't even understand why you think it's laughable because to me it's perfectly fine for this for this need uh what do you do about folks like that um when you run into them
0: yeah it's tough you know we uh we're running into that fewer and fewer these days right 20% of the webs now powered by wordpress uh There's, I don't know, I think uh, we, I may not have the numbers totally right, but there are, you know, literally dozens of the Fortune 500 sites now powered by WordPress or using WordPress in some capacity. Uh, I think the examples speak for themselves, and, you know, that's part of the reason VIP exists. You know, obviously we have services that we provide and sell, but um, we also try to be a bit of a resource to the rest of the community to help uh, address some of that just, you know, fear, uncertainty, and doubt that exists out there uh, through case studies that we do, webinars that we're doing, um, and just try and help proliferate some of the data that we know and we have and example sites and all of these things that we can point to, uh, mm. to help address any of that, uh, I think, you know, pretty updated perception. Yeah. Um,
1: it, yeah. I mean, with a 20% like penetration number like that, it, it is a pretty big juggernaut, right? Cause you look at Drupal, which might be at like 2% or just under, yeah. just a notch under, um, You know, why it's still not considered is, you know, and and like you said, that the perception is changing, but then you get these people who are just like totally closed off to the idea. They don't even want to discuss it, which is kind of mind boggling.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, as a community, we're probably not doing ourselves any favors, right? You go to wordpress.org or wordpress.com and a lot of the language is still around blogging and, uh, which is great. You know, that's a, that's obviously an awesome use case for WordPress, but, uh, uh, it, you know, we're maybe not going far enough out of our way as a community to say, hey, you know, it's enterprise friendly, too.
1: Yeah. Um, folks that are out there who are producing and developing plugins, themes um, and digital products around uh, around WordPress from your from the enterprise looking looking down to the bottom. Do you think that folks are just charging uh, not or not charging enough to uh, sort of elevate the game of WordPress uh, that it is? Like like for instance, twenty bucks or free, right? For a theme or a plugin, should sure. they be, should they be charging more so people can say, "Hey, this is a this is a puts a better sticker price on WordPress." If that makes that's, sense,
0: that's a good question. I'll admit it's not something I've spent a lot of time thinking about. We uh, uh, I could probably count on one hand the number of VIP customers that we have that have used like a completely off the shelf theme. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a pretty rare thing, you know. Most of I think most enterprises are looking for something that's completely bespoke and customized anyway. So I'm not sure that uh, the, the price point there would really make much of a difference. Mm. Unless it's something that's specifically targeted for enterprises and is maybe a bit more of a framework for them to, to build off of, yeah. uh, as opposed to you know being just an sort of off-the-shelf theme.
1: Yeah, it's just something that came into my head, sort of like an, an impression kind of thing where maybe these IT guys uh, and gals that are at these bigger places, they kind of see because they're into technology and they're following stuff and, you know, through their day-to-day or, you know, throughout the years, they see, you know, you know free themes that does, you know, free WordPress theme that does 1 million <laughs> and 1 things. and Or 29 bucks and you get everything that you ever needed uh, to run a million-dollar business. And maybe it's sort of like, hey, you know, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for a Mercedes. That's. Right. Yeah, successful. it
0: probably does support the the perception that it's like a, uh, you know, it's a platform maybe for amateurs, which, again, is something that we we know is not not at all the case or yeah. at least not, not exclusively the case. Right. That it serves all sorts of different types of people. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably right.
1: So let's chat about that now. Um, for the folks that are out there that are that are saying, "Hey, you know what, Paul? I'm doing uh, doing pretty good with my agency. Um, you know, we're, we are taking on the bigger projects. We are, you know, full service and doing this like this whole holistic approach um, and customizing it and, and paying attention to code and scale. Um, what is it like to, to try to work with VIP on these at these levels and um, partnerships, engagements, anything like that, that folks can look to, uh, to work with VIP.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, so through VIP, we, we provide a handful of services. Yeah. It's core. It's a support program. You can run WordPress wherever you want in the world on our servers, on yours, on Amazon or Rackspace and have access to our team to help navigate any issues you're having with the software. And then obviously we have this hosting platform as well, uh, which is a it's more of a platform as a service type of model, not really hosting in the traditional sense, uh, where we run everything from the servers up through WordPress and do the upgrades and backups. And you know, if a hard drive fails, we get the phone call. Not you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, as the VIP name implies, what you know, we really want our customers to have the best WordPress sites out there. So, uh, you know, a big part of that is not just running. A bulletproof infrastructure and in the thousands of servers and data centers and things that we run on WordPress.com, uh, but it's also working really closely with developers, you know, either internal developers that that work directly for our customers or agencies or whatever, uh, to help make sure that their code is is done in a way with you know that uh, is sort of <clears throat> scalable and secure and performant and forward compatible and. And just following WordPress best practices there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think uh, you're you're doing your customers a disservice if you think, you know, oh, we can just throw a bunch of, you know, Amazon EC2 instances at the problem or whatever it is. Your site's only going to be as secure, or performant, or whatever as the custom code that you're running on top of whatever infrastructure you have. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the approach that we take is to really get. You know, collaborate very closely and get pretty in the weeds with our uh, with our partners, and not just think of it as like a you know a sort of quote dumb web host to throw your stuff up on.
1: Yeah. Um- there's a few things that came out of that. So one of them is I, one of the questions I, I would I used to ask a lot, but now folks are getting more privy to it because they've been listening to 50 plus episodes of me talking about this stuff. But it's elevating. Uh, how do you elevate yourself out of uh, the $500 client, right? The person who's referred to by your mom's cousin's best friend uh, who needs a website, right? And we talk about that a lot. Like, how do you charge more for clients? But um, more specifically, I also asked that question so that, The developers that are out there, either the freelancers looking to grow a company, um, don't just sit there with sort of like the, you know, GoDaddy one-click install, you know, free themes that they don't know where they get it from and, you know, install 350 plugins to do one thing. Um, I try to ask that question and and wrap it in the context so that they get better um, at providing these services. Like you said, you don't want to do a disservice. So... For the, the younger developer out there or the person who's just coming up, is there like a a certain um, certification, for lack of a better word, that folks should go through or, or learn and really understand WordPress in a certain context in order to deliver a client to VIP and to work with VIP in the event that happens?
0: Yeah, I mean, so we have some training programs that we've uh, we've been doing. Uh, we just launched what we're calling VIP Training Days uh, out in San Francisco last month and we'll be doing a lot more of those uh, over the course of the next year. Um, so uh, you, know, you can subscribe to our blog on vip.wordpress.com to get alerted to any of that stuff. Uh, but I wouldn't say that there's like a single path right now to you know, sort of leveling up from you know, freelancer to being able to take on some of these larger enterprise type projects. Mm. Uh, you know, the feedback that we get from our customers, developers, actually, is pretty uh, funny. Just that just They learn a lot through the process of working with VIP and the code reviews that we do. Uh, that, we do, um, that uh, you know, basically, you get some of the best WordPress engineers in the world reviewing your code every day and giving you feedback on, you know, all the things I mentioned earlier, like security and performance and forward compatibility. So uh, that's where... Yeah, obviously, we're very close to that. But these are all customers that we're working with many times a day. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I think that's where that's the feedback that we've gotten is just that collaboration with VIP has been an excellent uh, learning opportunity.
1: Nice. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit here to talk about more of uh, the broader uh, picture uh, of Automatic and WordPress. Um, I, l- lately, we've seen a lot of different. Um, uh, acquisitions, right? Of uh, different apps, different things like that. Are, are you exposed to any of that, uh, during your day to day? Um, what's that all like, uh, to pick up, be picking up all these different uh, little pieces of technology?
0: Sure. Yeah. We, uh, acquired a great file sharing. It's maybe not the best way to position it, but, uh, a service called cloud App. I think it's, it's broader than just file sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're a really excellent team and, uh, happy to have them as part of automatic and, uh, I guess, I'm not quite sure how long ago it was now, but uh, SimpleNote and Symperium uh, we acquired probably within the last year as well. Uh, and it's been really great. We love having them on the team. Uh, you know, neither of those services are really directly impact uh, VIP on a day-to-day basis right now, so it's not something that, you know, personally I'm terribly close to, but, uh, but you know, SimpleNote's a great app. Use it every day and uh, become a cloud-up addict as well. <laughs> and, uh you know they're going to be working on some really great things uh for uh, wordpress.com uh authoring experience as well so
1: nice and it seems like this i mean from the exterior and 50,000 feet above it seems like it's a it's these are these acquisitions either for talent or for helping wordpress become a better publishing tool uh is that fair to say
0: yeah i mean and their their products are amazing as well you know it's a combination of I think it's it's a win across the board in that, uh, you know, SimpleNote, again, Symperium, up all incredibly uh, well-done and polished services that we're happy to have as part of the umbrella of what Automatic offers. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got some really great new team members as a result of it as well. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, Automatic is just a very collaborative culture, so... Uh, there's there's a lot to learn from anybody who's new to the company
1: yeah absolutely um, let's talk about that culture real quick um, you know it's always talked about about sort of the distributed culture we saw um, some of it being discussed uh, at pressnomics this year um, out in Arizona uh, one of the things that we that I've, I've interviewed other uh, automaticians before and one of the things that is difficult is sort of the turning off uh, because you are Able to work wherever you want at your at your house at a coffee shop whatever it might be, um, but sort of the challenge is it's not an office it's not something that you're showing up to every day. Uh, how do you manage your your team especially in a sales sales team or in in a marketing team? Sort of that one on one interaction is kind of useful. Um, how do you get through that? How do you manage sort of that remote collaboration?
0: Yeah, so you know, one thing that Automatic does uh, just across the board for everybody or every team, I should say, is that you know, at least twice a year, uh, each team is getting together and co-working for a week. And, you know, it, it helps obviously build personal relationships. You just learn so much more about people and how they interact when, when you're there in the same physical space. Mm. Uh, and then once a year, we also get the entire company together for the same purpose. So, uh, you know, at least three times a year, you're seeing your co-workers and, and you know, sort of backfilling some of that interaction that we all miss every other day of the year mm. uh so that's a big part of it uh you know many of our uh the folks on the vip team live at least in some proximity to new york maybe if not directly in new york um so there are plenty of t- opportunities that people are passing through the city to to catch up in person as well mm. um and uh yeah i mean you know that's that's a big part of it is you know not just working remotely 100 percent of the time but uh Acknowledging that there is a benefit to being together in person um, and making sure that you carve out time to do that.
1: Yeah. What's a sales process like um, with your team? is it uh you know are you flying out to uh, sort of the bigger clients and and presenting to them is, is it something different that we is it mad menesque <laughs> where <laughs> where it's some sexy selling uh scenario or you know is it as simple as some emails some phone calls some handshakes
0: yeah it's uh it's a pretty good mix of both okay certainly you know having uh being there's there's in my mind i think nothing that uh, there's nothing as great as just being there in person to talk through uh, just the ins and outs of what our services are, what our customer, or potential customers' needs are, and really just understanding that, meeting the team, and just sort of building that relationship pretty early. It's very important and, you know, being we do so much uh, work with media and publishing companies, many of them are here in New York, which is great. I get to spend a lot of time with those folks mm. uh, since they're, you know, right in the neighborhood. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's a, it's a good mix. It's, it's important to pop to on a plane and, and go see potential new customers or certainly existing customers. Um, and, you know, plenty of folks are happy to just hop on a phone call, get their questions answered, and just, you know, move on and get off to the races. So.
1: Yeah. Is there one particular element to the sales process that is sort of uh, standard across the board, like trust, uh, relationship, um, something that uh, resonates across the corporate clients that could also resonate to the small business client uh, for some of my listeners.
0: I'd say listening I think you know, too many people are eager to get in there and sell something their services their product sort of shove it down somebody's throat without really understanding what the pain points are that they're trying to solve uh, so that would be you know my one-word answer there is to just listen. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is great advice. many people are just either, especially at the very uh, early stages, right? They, they want to talk about WordPress. They want to talk about all the great stuff that it does and all this stuff because they're either coming up as a developer or they're a designer, so they want to talk about all the responsive stuff. And the customer doesn't care right now. <laughs> they want their solution to work yep. uh, first and foremost. Um, I think so,
0: Mark Suster is a popular blogger and, and investor. Uh, he calls them, I think it's crocodile salespeople, so, mm-hmm. you know, big mouth, small ears.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love That's Mark Suster's amazing right. stuff that he puts out. Um, Real quick, put you back on the hot seat. What do you think about Matt Mullenweg as a visionary for the company? <laughs> <laughs> just throw, That's just, a tough question. <laughs> just throw it right at you.
0: No, I mean, it's incredible. Matt has co-created a platform that over the past 10 years is now powering again, twenty you know, percent of the top ten million sites on the web. It's remarkable. Mm. That, that nobody, nobody else in the world can say that except for Mike Little, right? Right. Um, so, uh, and obviously, it's, there's a huge community and plenty of people to, to support that. But it was really, you know, two people's vision from the beginning. And uh, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty bullish on WordPress, and and <laughs> Matt, Matt being the product visionary there and leading 3.8, which is exciting too.
1: Yeah. Uh, any idea why it's just simply not revered as much as, like, say, a Facebook or or a Twitter? Or why aren't people talking about WordPress startups and ecosystems? Aside from me, of course, uh, in Silicon Valley, New York, Boston, we don't just hear as much of it. Is it because it's open source and free? Investors are like, nah, I'm not into that. I'm into, you know, performing on my investment.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, there are probably a hundred answers to that question. Yep. Uh, you know, I think part of it is that it's a, a bit of a confusing story. You know, it's not a single company that the tech press can, you know, celebrate at times or sort of come down at times. And uh, the way people like to report on Twitter or Facebook or any of the other, you know, Snapchat these days. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just, it's it does get a bit. Muddled when you know, you've got obviously a, a very popular open source product, you've got Automatic, you've got you know, literally thousands of other companies that are part of the WordPress ecosystem. Um, I think it's just not as easy a story to tell. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree, um, especially in the startup space, uh, uh, startup space of WordPress, that is. you know, Recently, not recently, but maybe a couple months ago, I think Matt was on uh, with Jason on This Week in Startups. And you know, it's great because he's talking about, you know, dot com, VIP and sort of automatic and all this stuff. Um, but there's like this whole other multi hundred million dollar industry, if not billion dollar industry of themes, plugins, services that have come from the dot org free version. And just seeing sort of the reaction of uh, Jason, you know, when when Matt mentioned something like, oh, yeah, you know, there you can go and you can sell themes, right? And it sounds like so, like it sounds so like belittling to the industry. It's like, yeah, you can just sell themes. Well, Blue <laughs> Themes does it, and it's a multi-million dollar company. <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, it's just crazy to try to figure out how to kind of pierce that armor of, um, hey, this is a real thing. Um, great stuff. Uh, you know, I think that folks getting an insight to sort of uh, who you are, what you do, and what the what the broader company does um, was tremendous. Uh, we're gonna jump into the last two segments here. Uh, first one is what's in your toolbox? What piece of software or hardware do you use on a daily basis uh, to get your job done? Obviously, aside from from WordPress, something like an an Evernote, but maybe something somebody doesn't really know about um, that you're kind of uh, keeping top secret.
0: Uh, I don't know that I've got any secret uh, secret apps. I was going to say email, which is totally <laughs> lame and boring, but it's I don't know. I spend probably 95% of my day in in email, you know, working with uh, with our customers and potential customers. So uh, so email is my killer app. Uh, I'd also, I guess, say O2, or, which is, I don't know if folks are familiar with P2. 2 is the the newest version of that, um, uh, which is a tool that we use at Automatic for collaborating across teams and projects. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of a, you know, private blog with front-end posting. And, you know, it's all Ajax and, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> automatically loads new content as it's posted. Uh, actually I'd say I probably spend fifty percent of my time in email and forty five percent of my time on P2s. So, nice. <laughs> uh, so between the two of them. That's that's those are my main communication tools.
1: So there is no like a Trello or a Basecamp. You guys are all using some kind of custom implementation of P2? Uh
0: so yeah we use uh we use P2 and well now mostly O two. Uh we also use Trello. We have a handful, you know, also use Salesforce and um uh, Zendesk for, you know, customer support. We have a handful of other business tools that we use, but uh, uh, those are mostly specific to VIP. Nice. Uh, across Automatic, uh, O2 is really the, and, and IRC are really the main ways that uh, that we're all keeping in touch with each other. And, uh, you know, they're they're excellent tools for anybody, I think any company out there, but particularly if you're working in a distributed way like we are, uh, you should take a look at O2. Yeah, the uh, is that
1: available right in the repository?
0: Uh, I'm not totally sure if it's been officially released yet. Yeah, okay.
1: I, I, um, for the listeners, we'll will look at that. And put it put, in, the, in the notes. Yeah, put it in the notes, because um, I'm interested in that. And yeah, I mean, we used to use um, we used to use Basecamp. And it was becoming one of those things where with a lot of beginner clients, it was just so difficult to get them to understand Basecamp and then get them to understand WordPress at the same time. Sure. That we just kind of scaled back at that, and then we actually moved over to Trello, uh, which has just been amazing because it's just amazing. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, Trello is very well done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's jump into the lightning round. I'll ask you a series of quick questions, and you'll have a series of quick answers. All right. The one plugin you cannot live without...
0: Jetpack. Nice.
1: A favorite WordPress or business book? Or uh, sales book or marketing?
0: Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really count as a business book, but I think there are a lot of uh, interesting takeaways from, uh, there's a book called The Universal Principles of Design. Uh, clearly a design-focused book, but um, just has a lot of the, uh, this is maybe not a lightning answer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's just a, 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 quick, a quick index of you know some of the sort of really interesting design principles that I think you could apply to many things even if you're not a designer.
1: Nice. Uh, what's a quote that you live or run your business
0: by? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I think I have one. Nice.
1: You can <laughs> always that- you can always pass. It's it's acceptable. <laughs> <I'll pass on. laughs> um, what's the best business or career advice you ever received?
0: Uh geez. Uh I think you know know when to take a break if, ah, uh, yes. you know i I worked long hours and try to try to get away from that. But I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, just the idea of working from home um you know it's It's important to know when to just step away from the computer and get some rest
1: yeah, I uh, totally agree, and yeah, we did talk about that, and especially freelancers out there, anyone really running their own business um it's tough when when you come home and you're at work <laughs> and so, there's, there is no shutoff. Um, and I've been actually trying to practice on at least stop working on Sundays for me. Um, anyway, that's, that's only been about a month. Guess, so we'll see know, how long that lasts.
0: <laughs> you know, everybody's different. There, are, I think plenty of folks who could work 20 hour days, you know, all day or all week long. And, and, uh, and, not lose any real efficiency or productivity there i am not one of those people yeah. and you know it, it's important for for me to just sort of take a break from it all once in a while yeah
1: gotta stop and smell the roses sometime um what's the, uh this might not uh apply to you but what's the longest the client project has ever taken or maybe a, a custom implementation on vip or something like that
0: oh let's see we we uh we have some i, I wouldn't say maybe a project but like uh Maybe sales process is maybe the most interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, definitely. We have some that, that have taken 18 months to two years or so to, to uh, finally sign uh, sign the paperwork. Um, yeah, many of our the, the launches themselves are uh, happen pretty quickly. Of course, you know, we're not there from the very beginning always, the, the start of the project and the, the, the build. Mm. Uh, we we'll often come in a little bit towards the end. Um, at least for our hosting customers, uh, so th- those projects tend to go pretty quickly. You know, I think at max maybe three or four months.
1: Yeah, and let me real quick about the about the ones that sort of maybe even take a, a year, year and a half too. Is it because it's just like the the larger maybe either corporate setting or enterprise setting where there's just so much red tape they have to go through, or are they just looking at so many things and and and. and shopping around, for lack of a better word? Is that what it is? Or is it something oh, it's, else?
0: it's all of the above. Okay, uh, I think the the biggest uh, contributor to that is really, you know, when you're replacing a CMS for a highly trafficked publication, there are, you know, maybe in some cases, depending on the size of the organization, dozens of stakeholders who mm. have an opinion, you know, editors, ad ops, corporate IT developers, you know, everybody, of course, the folks who are going to be signing the checks as well. So it's uh, there are a lot of people to weigh in on that, and, and you know, that takes some time to work through
1: Yeah, and I, and I sort of knew the answer to that, but I just wanted to stage it because the, the folks that are listening are, they're dealing with either, you know, small law practices, doctor's offices, and it's the same damn thing. <laughs> yeah. it, it is just there's three people, three doctors, three partners, three associates, and they all have their own opinion, they and they're all, never in the same room. At the and same they're never time. in the same room, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So th- so folks, just a couple couple zeros on the end of that paycheck, uh, but still the same. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah. Same, still the same problems. Um, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be?
0: Uh, another CMS? SharePoint. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have a great answer to that one. I, I play with most CMSs that I come across out there. Uh, and I wouldn't say that any of them are particularly exciting to me.
1: Okay. Who should I interview next?
0: Have you had Matt on yet? I have Matt? not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have tried. I have tried. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will continue to try.
0: Keep trying. He would be great.
1: Um, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have?
0: Hmm. I think I I kind of passed on that one too. Nice, (laughs) uh, great answer for that either.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, Paul, I mean, tons of great information. Uh, I can't thank you enough for joining us to share that with the crowd. Uh, Where can folks find you on the web to say thanks?
0: Sure. I'm on, uh, my blog is p a u l m a i o r a n a. P-A-U-L-M-A-I-O-R-A-N-A.com. And, uh, we're at vip.wordpress.com if you're interested in any of our VIP services.
1: Awesome. Uh, folks go check them out, check out the blog. Uh, and for those of you, uh, who have signed up, uh, at matreport.com slash join for a matreport pro, uh, membership, Paul's going to stick around for about five minutes and give us some advice about charging a little bit more. I think, <laughs> or at least uh, finding, finding more clients. So uh, do check that out, uh, myrapport.com slash join. Paul, everybody, uh, till next time.